I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Oops, the podcast is the listening. That's what you're hearing. I'm Francis, and uh, he's Julio. How are you? Good, man. I apologize for interrupting you during the intro right there. You you didn't. In fact, that intro was so bad that I'm going to do it again. (laughs) Welcome to Oops, the podcast. Chris, you can keep the first try. Uh, I'm Francis. He's Julio. Thanks for joining us. How are you, pal? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? Feeling great. Feeling feeling solid. Sometimes you look up and all of a sudden it's Thursday or Friday and uh, you realize that I guess you don't have to work the next two days, which is nice. That is nice. Dude, I had a very high realization last night. Oh, yeah? You're back on the weed, huh? I've been smoking, yeah. Um, good, good. With, I like that. I'm down here with Ricky Velez, which I mentioned, and he's yeah. a big smoker. And also just during the quarantine, I've just been I've been with people who smoke pot the entire time, regardless of where I've been. Actually, in my life, that's just how my life goes. Um, so I've kind of just, <laughs> I tried to get over the hump. So I was like, I'm going to try to get past the point of paranoia and like thoughts about death and sadness. And I've been managing. I've still had my off nights. But mm-hmm. anyway, my realization is that I was watching this documentary called Shtetl. And it was about like a, a Polish village, uh, you know, during the Holocaust and everything. Whatever. The guy that's goes the back. the weirdest stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was great, by the way. Uh, really interesting. But. I realized that documentaries are different than other forms of video because it, you assume that with all the new technology and all the new resources that documentaries today would be better than documentaries before, right? Because special effects are better. Movies are, are moving in a way where whatever. But with documentaries, people fucking die. So like in order to be able to do interviews with people and stuff, like for, as far as a Holocaust documentary goes, mm-hmm. it's way more effective to have a ton of Holocaust survivors to interview. Whereas now you can't because most of them are dead. You're absolutely right. We will not be able to make a great World War II documentary. Really, I mean, right now they're pushing it because everyone that they would get is, is very hard of hearing or, you know, it's, it, they're old. Not yeah. alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a great point. You know, you, at some point you age out, you age out of certain topics. Yeah, uh, anyone who could, sp- you don't, you won't have any eyewitness reports, right? Totally, totally. So it's weird because a lot of docs, you know, they, a lot of them don't age well just because a the the subject matter is updated to the point where that it becomes obsolete, mm-hmm. or uh, no one get, or no one gives a shit about the topic anymore. Right. So it's interesting right. when one is. I, this is from this one that I had watched is from 1994, I believe, and uh, I just thought it was fantastic. So I just thought I'd share that with you. Well, that's good. Yeah. So fortunately, you know, the documentaries that are so in vogue right now are about murders and and crimes, and those just keep happening. <laughs> and so we're never going to run out of you know modern refilling murders and crimes to to fantasize about. But. Um, <laughs> And fantasize is probably the wrong word. You know, uh, (laughs) even between uh, Band of Brothers on HBO and then they did The Pacific, which was also produced by Spielberg. and The most expensive show ever made, The Pacific. 
even between those two, which I think were made, I don't know, like seven or eight, maybe 10 or more years apart, but were both from World War II, the interviews that they did with the real people on whom the, the show was based, the people were so much older in the Pacific than they were in Band of Brothers. But the flip side was that the hearing aid technology had improved a lot. That's crazy, really? If you look at the hearing aids that the guys are wearing in Band of Brothers when they do the interviews of the guys versus mm -hmm. what they are in the Pacific, I mean, it's like almost like one of those big tubes where you would hold it up to your ear like a trumpet versus like a Secret Service squiggly, right. you know, modem. <laughs> going into the guy's head, so. <laughs> I love Band of Brothers, and those interviews were, the, I mean, the best part. Yes, opinion. totally agree. Yeah, the, the ending best. is the last episode. I mean, you, you can watch that over and over and over again. Really great uh, stuff, man. Have you ever uh, thought about joining the military? No, never. Um, I, I, there's things about it that seem intriguing, and actually, I had taken a bunch of courses in college um, about military journalism. Mm. Which, which was sort of a, a little bit obsolete at the time where I was taking the classics. It mostly covered like arms race stuff in the eighties and like, or just with Soviet union. Mm -hmm. um, but, that, and, and my professor was so cool. He had all these cool stories about doing war correspondence stuff. But besides that, I never really thought about it. What about you? Yeah. I, I've thought about it a lot. Uh, I always think about it when I'm depressed. In fact, it, it's so correlated that if I realize I am thinking about joining the military, I realize I am depressed. Like right. that's a red flag for me when I'm researching if I'm old enough to join, you know, the Marine Corps. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need to schedule a therapy session. You know, <laughs> that's what happens. And I think one of the reasons is my thought is that if I were in the military, I would have no choice but to get out of my own head because right. I'd have people telling me where to be. I'd have specific times to be places. I'd have duties and responsibilities to the platoon and to my fellow soldiers. And so I wouldn't be able to worry like, am I doing the right thing with my life? You know, do are my parents uh, pleased with what I've, you know, th these stupid questions that nag at me all the time and send me spiraling. <laughs> Dude, totally. No, I, I think that's very fair. We had a listener from Guantanamo Bay. That's right. And, and we wanted to do an episode with her. We want yeah, we got to maybe follow up with her. Uh, that would be a great place to perform. I'm supposed to do the troops thing again. Last time it didn't, it fell through. Hopefully it'll probably Unfortunately, we'll fall through this time too, but one of these days, man. One of these days, we'll perform for the troops. The <laughs> other time that I think a lot about joining the military is on Black Friday. Well, how come? Because they just get such great military discounts at the malls. I mean, on really? top of the Black Friday sales, at that point, you're almost getting paid to take things out of Macy's. You know? <laughs> is that true? They get an extra discount? Yeah. Black, you, 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 dude, a military discount, man, you get pulled over for speeding. You get pulled over. You, you're getting out of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not the, <laughs> not the worst thing to have. And deservedly. You know, they deserve to get some perks, man. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Your stories about them sort of, no, like kind of not getting taken care of that well but I, although i've heard of plenty of stories of people who do get taken care of very well so i don't i don't understand where the disconnect is with the system 
Well, now we're now we're a military family because my sister's husband. You know. What does he do again? He's a surgeon in the army. How cool is that? It is very cool. Yeah, he's he's the big time, big time guy, big time. So does he have to travel and stuff a lot? Well, you know, he's been he's finished his five year residency, and then he did a one year whatever and now he's taking his boards and he's going to do a fellowship next year at harvard and because he's a spinal surgeon so he's very specified in orthopedics and he is then once that's all done is when he is at the mercy of where the military will send him and so it could be el paso texas i think is a very big military base Mm -hmm. um it could be hawaii it mm-hmm. could be Germany, right, it there could there. be, but it could also be Alaska or uh, some places that are a little less desirable to start a family. But you want to yeah. hear something cool? Yes. Um, this is kind of cool. So El Paso, Texas, right, is smack dab on the border between Texas, Texas and mm-hmm. Mexico. And God, we got to look it up really quick because the town that it borders in Mexico is uh, not a good town. I just was, I was just watched something about this actually. Um, um, hold on. It, 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 Juarez, Ciudad Juarez. Yeah, right, right, right. Juarez. And Juarez is big time Drugs. drug cartel. Yeah. And they, it, the, it's, it's a place where they, they make examples of people. You know what I mean? They leave arms and hands and heads and, Right. Head stuffed with the dismembered scrotums of their uh, enemies uh, in the streets as a message. And that is happening a stone's throw from El Paso, right? And I said mm-hmm. to my sister, I was like, my God, y- you can't want to live there. That sounds horrific. Is it safe? And she said, it's actually one of the safest cities in America. And I don't, you know, who knows if that's actually true, but here's the theory, right? That in El Paso, because the drug cartels know that there, the, there's a big military presence there, they do not allow their members to enact any kind of violence or trafficking in, you know, over the wall, over the border. Well, the wall, the wall is obsolete anyway. It doesn't do anything. I, I think there's, I think there's actually a wall though. I could, I, maybe it's a fence. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's like it, it's I not mean, like the Trump wall. That, but, that's not how people get in the country though. But, all right, whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Barbed wire and stuff. Yeah, I think there's some kind of dividing line between gotcha. Juarez and El Paso. But the point is, they don't go. They don't do any kind of violence because if the the Mexican drug cartels were to do any bad stuff on american soil man the army would come in i mean they'd come how in would they how would they how would they they have to get across the border they can't like what are they what is the juarez cartel going to do in el paso you know what i mean it's not well if they're coming over on a moped with a machete because they're running after some bad guy that they like want they have to, to cross the border still though yeah but I, plenty of, it's it's legal for mexican people to come to america right but if there's a chase ha- occurring yeah, yeah. okay so, so it's not gonna it, let's say that some <laughs> let's say that some drug dealer w- went wrong or some guy killed some dude's brother and then went to find sanctuary in el paso thinking he was safe right 
they wouldn't necessarily send guys after him to kill him in America. Um, right, right, right. Because they, they keep it totally out of there. They do right. not let them go in there. So right. turns out El Paso is actually quite safe, even though it's so close right. to a very, very dangerous city. Yeah, that doesn't, that's like not that surprising to me, though. I well, know. I guess it must be nice to be Julia, who just gets it. He just gets it all the time. <laughs> I mean, just clicked for you, huh? That's. I mean, I don't know. It seems like common sense to me. But I, well, I, for I, me, if the border is so hard to patrol, and you hear all these stories about violence and whatnot, and, and it leaking in, uh, to to learn that two cities that are so close that where the there is no leaking of the violence or malevolence, then that was surprising. Right, right. Well, I mean, stupid. The, the the whole the child detention situation in El Paso is like. Oh, is that where ICE is really? I think that there's a big, and but they have these like sort of, like almost like puppy stores of children. Oh my god! Where they're like all in? Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. I don't know. Whatever. I had nowhere Mm. to go with that. No, that's that's sad. Obviously. Dude, well, dude, I, um, yeah, go ahead. Let's 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 pivot out. This is sad. <laughs> I'm sad. Um, I'm just gonna start you, looking up military options. Um, you talking about orthopedics reminded me of something funny. This uh, this kid who played tennis with me in college. He's a he's an orthopedic surgeon now, and one mm-hmm. of the things he's like working on a lot. And he's actually pretty funny because whenever he gets patients who did something stupid, he's like really pissed at them, and he's like, dude, they deserve to die. He said that before. <laughs> oh my up. gosh. No, he's like, dude, this guy's like, they deserve to die. They're idiots. So like motorcycle accidents. So that's the perfect example is the one of the things he said. He's like, if you ride a motorcycle, this is what he said. This is not my words. He goes, you are a fucking moron. Yeah. He goes, he, and then he said, typically what happens when he encounters a motorcycle accident is that people's pelvis, their pelvis pops open. And he goes, what does that even mean? What does that mean? I know. But then he goes, "What? it's actually really easy. All you have to do is close their pelvis. I'm like, is that something I could just do? Just close this. Wait, what is the pelvis? The pelvis <laughs> gross, is, right? is like the, the bones of your hi- between your hips, right? I think so. I don't even, I, I'm not really sure. I think like this situation here. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it, what, it opens like, a, like an old set of doors? I, I, this is what he said. He said typically what he's doing is... Uh, pop, popping people's pelvis back into is pelvi a term? I don't or think pelvi? so. No, I don't just, think maybe may pelvises. Pelvises. Um. Anyway, it might be. It might. You might be right. I just think that that I I found that to be an interesting tidbit of information that he's he's just closing pelvises all day. Yeah. Pelvises. Yeah. Uh, Chris here says that the pelvis supports the spinal column and protects the abdominal organs. So it's one of those bones that has a, a, a very good function of protecting, just like the, uh, the skull. The old skull. The old noggin. <laughs> Dude, so we are in Florida with a, I'm, I'm with my girlfriend and we're with another couple. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been very nice, dude. And it makes me think like, why don't, and my girlfriend's mentioned this before too, but like, why, why don't families live together more? Oh, great question. Well, I think once you've got kids, it starts to be a zoo. Well, they have one kid. They have a kid. So there's a kid here. They have a very young kid. Right. Who, but if you two had a kid, 
and then and then there were dogs running around i mean it turns into a commune at that point right and that's but what's wrong with communal living dude you know i think people like privacy the american dream is to have your own backyard and your white picket fence and to have space and you know you talk about in new york city everybody has a horrifying neighbor story right right whether it's a neighbor who's blasting music late at night or calling the cops when you're blasting music yeah or or like having super loud sex or banging against the wall whatever it may be i mean that's why people want privacy and uh i i can understand that yeah i guess you're right and also like it's kind of weird how you know you're so comfortable with your family and maybe it would just be like weird to have another group of people that you're that comfortable with <laughs> yeah yeah i agree and 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 look the other thing is you've been there for what a week yeah yeah i mean i know you and ricky are super close and i know you that ricky's wife and your girlfriend are good friends but in in two or three months you might be singing a different tune Right, 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 right. You know, you talk about spending a lot of time with your significant other. At least the two of you are in love with each other. I wouldn't, you know, I didn't like having roommates after after a couple of years. Did you ever have roommates? Yeah, I had roommates when I first moved to New York. I, I had a, I lived with three of my friends from college. And then after that, I lived with a family that I was tutoring their kids. Really? And, yep kind of similar to like uh what you did but but it was not the family was not that well off like they were i mean it was it wasn't the most comfortable situation so i only did that for about six months and then i moved in with my girlfriend at the time nice 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 guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, Ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast and there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. But dude, I I, I got to tell you something. I I watched this docu series or this mini series on HBO or no, excuse me, it was Netflix, and it's called "They Will See Us" or "When They See Us." Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? I, I haven't. No, what is it? It's about the Central Park Five. Oh, I have seen it actually. You yes. saw the whole thing. I, I, it's a movie though there's a miniseries also there's four there's four of them there's four oh, like one hour to an hour and a half chapters of this i saw the documentary that came out a few years ago so i'm familiar so it's not with a it. documentary it's a dramatic rendering oh of okay cool cool i've never seen it and it's directed by ava duvernay mm-hmm. who did oh boy she's done a lot of really great sort of african-american film and cinema and stuff and Dude, let me tell you something. It is hard to go to bed after you watch this thing. Oh, man. It's a crazy It's not fun to watch. Right. Every night, the end of the episode, you're like, 
well, fuck. I mean, what now? You know, like I need chocolate. I need a hug. I need to go to a puppy store. I need something in order to pull the pieces back together of my life. It is so upsetting and so jarring. And there's, they, I mean, they really lay it on you. Jeez, dude. And I, I started to think, I was like, you know, once you've watched the first episode, you, you don't really want to watch anymore. But my girlfriend and I kept looking at each other and being like, we've, we've got to finish it. We've got to finish it. And that was such, it was so uh, white guilt of us being like, well, we can't quit now. We have to learn, you know, it's our right. duty. But it just kept, I just kept thinking was there was going to be some silver lining or some positivity. No, dude. It, it, the, it is, yeah. the kids in this show, the actors who play the kids, because these kids were all They're young. arrested and, and put in, in juvie in prison when they were 14 and 15 and 16. Oh, my God. The trial watching, scenes. Watching the confessions that they got from them is so painful because you know how manipulated they are. And in my head, I'm just like, why the fuck are you saying yes to this? Well, dude, it's exactly that. And the, the thing that I, I, I got so angry watching this because, and then afterwards I looked up, uh, I looked up the case on the Wikipedia page, right? As I always do. And the woman who was the head of the sex crimes unit at the district attorney's office, who really pushed for them to, uh, to, to, to really kind of like put, go forward with the investigation and try to pin it on these guys despite so much, I think it's exculpatory evidence. Yeah, basically, let me, I'll give a quick synopsis. If you're not familiar, in 1989, a young woman, uh, last name Mealy, I think, was jogging, 28-year-old white woman was jogging through Central Park. Literally across the street from where I live, where this happened. Oh, wow. No, crazy. Um, she's jogging and she gets attacked and brutally raped and beaten and is left for dead and has no memory of the event, wakes up in a coma, whatever, barely clinging to life, survives. And there, were, there was a group of young, very young, sort of black and Hispanic kids that were kind of running through the park just making a little bit of mischief but not really not up to too much bad shit i think they were like maybe i don't know heckling a a couple cyclists whatever they they were in the park they were doing this rocks yeah throwing some rocks things like that and five of them got brought down by random police stop and seizures or whatever to the precinct and they tried to they just basically chose five random kids to pin this brutal rape on um and there were so many holes in it but the district attorney's office and the head of the sex crime unit i think her name is julia fairbanks or something there was some term this was the thing in the 80s linda fairstein linda fairstein yeah what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was saying in the eighties, like this was the thing about like these crazy, they had a name for it, but like they were prosecuting teenagers as adults for shit. Yeah. If the crime was bad enough, if you were 16 and this is what happened to Corey uh, wise, he was the only one who was 16. He got prosecuted as an adult and went to Rikers at 16. 
And over the next, you know, 14 or 15 years that he was in jail, uh, he was nearly killed multiple times, beatings, because he was a convicted rapist. And in jail, they, in prison, they, they, they don't treat people like that well. And eventually you know, a guy came out and confessed to having done it and there was DNA proof, right? A guy who he knew in prison. That's so crazy. They like cross paths. And in the doc, in the, in the show, they get into a fist fight, but not because they know each other or not because of this, but ultimately that guy came forward and confessed and then they did DNA testing. And this was in 2002. So it was like 13 years after they had been convicted and sentenced. Uh, and they did DNA testing from this guy. It turns out they found his DNA on all the evidence that had been collected at the scene. Mm -hmm. They did not have any DNA matching from any of the five who had been convicted. Ultimately, they threw out the case. But dude, this is the crazy part. The woman who was the head of the sex crimes division, who had pushed so hard, her name is Linda Fairstein. She, to this day, maintains that the Central Park Five were the bad guys. And no she has gone on to write a ton of extremely successful crime novels um, that are, and, and young adult novels. And this, you want to, you, you so desperately want to hear that this woman was like hit by a truck or, you know, got stuck in a slide at some water park or, or something horrific happened to her. Or just that, like, I don't know, for the last 10 years, like hungry man-eating squirrels have been shitting on her front porch every day. I want to find out where this woman lives. I'm not going to do anything bad, but I want to go to her house and I want to shit on her porch. I want to do that so badly. And I think we as a society need to take turns. Every night, somebody needs to shit on this woman's fucking porch. We've got to do it. It's, it, it I, I'm telling you, if you watch this, you're going to need something you're gonna need something to do to this woman um and it just i was filled filled with rage rage at this woman um because everybody else in it you could kind of make the case for them of like well they were forced to do this or maybe they didn't have enough i, I don't know it's they hard no they meant well yeah there's like this one woman is really, to me, I mean, the detectives are bad too, who co coerce the kids, but like this woman just really. Whew. And how oh, frustrating it, is that the runner survived, but just they couldn't identify the people properly. Had no memory, had no Ugh. memory. Yeah. Yes. It's really brutal to watch. I would, it, it's, it's brilliantly done, brilliantly acted. It is, it'll rip your heart out. And if you feel like you don't understand why black people get mad, uh, about the racial uh, mistreatment of, of the last multiple hundreds of years and that it still persists, I would encourage you to watch it. But if yeah. you, you want to go to bed not being miserable, uh, I would not watch it at night. That's what I would say. Well, you know, another good one, uh, if, since we're talking about this, is Just Mercy. Have you read that or seen that? No, is that Michael B. Jordan? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he plays Brian Stevenson, the uh, civil rights attorney. Okay. Um, and basically, I mean, it shows just a, a situation where this young attorney, it's a true story, is defending this guy who's on death row 
who like, not only did he do it, it was just so unbelievably obvious that he didn't do it, that it was offensive. And basically it shows you that there's dozens and hundreds of cases like this where they're convicting these people and sending them to death. And like, they obviously, it's like, they obviously didn't do it. It's so infuriating, man, that like, it's ruined movies that I love because of it. Like I tried to watch My Cousin Vinny the other day. Have you seen that? I've never seen My Cousin Vinny. Well, it's great. It's a really funny movie, but it's basically about it's about that. They're in Alabama and then they get they get wrongfully accused of murdering somebody of somebody. And it's a hilarious movie, but like it just hits too close to home after having read about and hearing stories about these guys who get sentenced to death who just absolutely didn't do it. I know I'm I'm doubling down on that. I'm mm. kind of emphasizing that, but since we're talking about good reads, good watches, yeah. check that out too. I will. I, that one looked a little bit more uplifting. You know, there was some uh, swelling chamber music that felt invigorating uh, that I saw alongside the trailer. Totally. <laughs> I, would not, I would not say that there was swelling chamber music gospel. There was no uplifting gospel music in the Central Park Five. You know, yeah, they will dude. see us. Dude, Bummer. Can't get as a society, we, we glamorize courtroom scenes so much. The number of television shows that have been so successful in depicting the drama of the courtroom is insane because I spent a year working at the district attorney's office and going to watch these trials. And I got to tell you, it was boring as all fucking hell. <laughs> it is boring. I mean, sure, every once in a while, you get some super high-profile case, and the media is all up in arms about it. Maybe there's a celebrity involved. Obviously, like, the OJ case is scintillating. But for the most part, the vast majority of these cases are so boring. And it's crazy to think that Law & Order has been on TV for, like, 150 years. I know. How crazy is that? Well, speaking of, of those kind of shows, Cops just got taken off the air. Yeah. Were you a cops fan? No. I mean, I watched it every once in a while because it was, you know, kind of entertaining. Um, I have friends who love it. Really? Yeah. So it kind of be one of those kind of things. Dude, cops used to be a punchline to a lot of comedians jokes in like the nineties. Um, what what do you mean though? I've heard everyone would reference cops. Everyone would be like, I like to get stoned and watch cops. Right, 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 right. And you don't hear about cops too much anymore. To be frank, I didn't even know it was still on the air. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. Finding out that it was being taken off the air was the the biggest news to me was that it was still on the air. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> That's a great idea. I have a good email. Great, let's get into it. Okay, so this is, uh, the email is titled Mile High Club. Great, um, oh, excellent, excellent. So I would I'll, I'll I'll say this before I read it. It's not that crazy of a story, but I think that that's an that's an important point. Wow! Right, so here, right. Hey guys, wanted to share my Mile High Club story after Monday's episode. Studied abroad in Chile in college. My friends and I would find the cheap flights to other places in Chile and other places in South America, and they'd usually be overnight flights with very few other passengers. So we're in Buenos Aires, and one friend and I were talking about the Mile High Club. So we decided we were going to try on the way back just to say we had done it. This guy is a clever bastard. Yeah, you know, I hear about stuff like this. Where are these women who are just 
such good friends that they're willing to have sex with you to check something off a list. <laughs> Dude, I've never no. had friends like that. <laughs> All right, keep going. Um, so we decided we were going to try uh, blah, blah, blah. 15 minutes after takeoff, he went back to the bathroom and I followed like five minutes after. If the flight attendants asked, we were just going to pretend not to speak Spanish. I don't know how well that would work. Well, anyway, first and only time we had sex and it was overwhelmingly mediocre. <laughs> not sure if it was him or the fact that it was in an airplane bathroom. Fair, fair point. Not much room to do anything besides stand up. After we finished, we talked about that. Um, after we finished, we went back to our seats and never talked about it again. <laughs> oh my God. The flight attendants and our other friends seemed to be sleeping or didn't want to acknowledge what had happened. Underwhelming in practice, but a decent story. And I think that that is a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that anybody is going to cite the sex they had in an airplane bathroom as the best sex they've ever had. How, yeah. Like, how could you? It, it, it's it's not built for sex you know it's built right. for sex a hotel room <laughs> right right even a hotel room bathroom would be such an upgrade from an airplane bathroom dude totally that's also like you're fucking in the airplane bathroom you accidentally hit the flush button and then like you just hear <laughs> <laughs> your hair starts getting pulled down the t- <laughs> getting sucked out of the plane dude i this actually i realized i remember an actual good mile high club story a friend of mine he's a young kid too he's like 21 22 uh great guy anyway he's on a plane sitting next to a girl he doesn't know okay and they start flirting whatever and they end up deciding that they're gonna have sex in the airplane bathroom i've never heard of anything like that and they do it and he goes dude it was so sick that i told my dad and as (laughs) and and like he had just told his dad apparently. And dude, as he says that, I kid you not, his dad walks around the side of the house and just goes <laughs> kind of acknowledgement to show that he was still oh so proud of his charming son. <laughs> That's tight as fuck, dude. Who, who are these who are these people? Who who are these kids you know who are on such terms with their fathers that they're telling them about their sexual exploits as well as encouraging them to do more drugs. I I have a great relationship with my dad, but we're not like same, yeah, we're not wiling out together. We're not on that level. Yeah, I used to give this kid tennis lessons and we like then he became an adult and he was chill as fuck and now we're we're boys. But like gotcha. uh, he's a great guy. But yeah, I mean dude, these city parents, like both of both of these kids our parents are from this, they live in the city with their parents or like they grew up in the city and maybe there's something about like being a city dad that makes you cooler. I don't know. Mm, It's a great point. But pretty badass. You you mentioned tennis. My girlfriend has been trying to really get into it and and it's basically I've, I've forced her to do this. Um, She wanted to do it, but she's probably doesn't want to do it as often as I'm making her. We found at my country club here in Maine, that private tennis lessons for one hour are thirty-six dollars. That's incredibly affordable. What a joke. What yeah. a joke. And I refuse to play tennis with my girlfriend because I'm so much better than she is that it's not fun for me. I've said this before. Worth it to outsource here. Yes. So I am bringing in outside help to get her, hopefully to like matrix tank download you know, the first three or four years of tennis as quickly as possible into her brain such that 
on the other side of this, you know, will be able to actually rally together and have a decent time. I'm not asking for us to be able to win the mixed doubles club championship anytime soon, but I don't want when she asks me to play tennis for me to feel like it's community service. I don't want that. Well, dude, be careful, man, because did you vet the, the pro? I mean, it, I think that the same rule with nannies should apply to tennis and golf pros is that they should not be attractive or you could be getting yourself in trouble. This guy's about a, he's probably like a hard six. Okay. So you're definitely hotter than him. Yeah, but that doesn't always mean it. Anything. It doesn't always mean shit, dude. You know, he could be a lot nicer than me, and that's probably what she's she's been missing. Oh, yeah. You know, she probably cries to him. <laughs> he, like, wipes it off with tennis balls from a fresh can. I don't know. Now you got me thinking, bro. Starts making tennis metaphors about life. Yeah. He goes, you, you just need to look on to the next point. <laughs> he's some, of course, he's South American or Spanish. Uh, <laughs> uh, dude, I, I had a, the biggest crush on tennis players. That was, like, my thing when I was yeah. in high school. They're sexually charged too, man. I, I loved, because I think it was the outfits. I just loved when they would pull a ball out of that little lining in their, mm. in their skirts or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, they, they, have good, they have good bodies for sure, man. Sure. Okay, so my point is this. She's been learning tennis. And um, why did I bring this up? You're uh, $36 an hour. Yeah. Uh, I had a funny point to make here. Oh, okay. This is what it was. Um, we went and played, she and I, at a local court, and it was a clay court, nice. which meant that we had to brush it and then right. do the lines afterwards. Right. And as we were brushing it and doing the lines, I said to her, uh, you know how to do the lines, right? Like, I'll do the broom, you do the lines. And she was like, well, I don't really know how to do it. And I said, yeah, you do. We've done this before. We've played tennis here before. <laughs> she was like, no, we haven't. Dude, it was the last girl that I dated. Ooh. And let me tell you something. I'm at a point in my life where I've dated enough people that I can't remember which activities I did with which girlfriends. <laughs> This seems like a very Francis mistake to me. And you get in trouble for this. Yeah, you do. It's not as if I was like, remember when we had sex over there on that bench? Let's <laughs> do it again. I was like, you did the lines, right? And she was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, nobody should get offended by that. But I, I guess it's the idea that she knows that I've played tennis with another girl and done these same things before. And girls don't like to think about that. I get that. Right. It's also like, it's also, you know, pardon me for saying it like this, but it's very insincere of you to not remember well, that. You know, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not writing on note cards like <laughs> this girlfriend, we did this, these, I can't commit this to memory. Once you've dated enough people, you've done too many similar, I don't have new ideas for everybody. I'm running it back to the same restaurants. I'm taking them on the same dates. I'm buying them the same presents. You know, it, it's the same shit. So what do you want me to do? Like, I can't remember songs or, or fucking uh, like people's names. And now the experiences are starting to blend together. And it may be the weed. It may be the, the concussions that I've sustained, but dude, I, I, I don't know how to keep it straight. Does that happen to you? Uh, in certain ways, this is, like my 
my girlfriend got mad at me because I couldn't remember how old one of my ex-girlfriends was. Yeah, I mean, which who, come on, how the cares? fuck am I supposed to remember that? Yeah, right. yo, the, the bad one the other night, she realized that I couldn't remember her middle name. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Let me ask you something. What <laughs> the fuck is the point of a middle name? Why do it's we have very, middle names? The only people who know. need middle names are people like Michael B. Jordan, where you're like, wait, which Michael Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Or, or yeah, if you have a name <laughs> that everyone else has, oh, Joe, Joe S- S- Smith. Everyone always uses Joe Smith. Joe Smith. Which Joe Smith? Oh, Joe Parker Smith. Okay, JPS. Great. You know, they have to start going by their initials because their parents – we're too bored to think outside the box enough to give them an, an unusual name. Right. Joe, first pick in the NBA draft, Smith. Yeah. The last <laughs> time anybody or I gave a shit about middle names was in third grade. Yeah, dude, no, totally. We all, that was name. like the first question I asked. What's your favorite color? What's your middle name? When's your birthday? Right. It has to be for some kind of legal situation, like thing for like. Those, yeah. Those things mattered in childhood. They don't matter anymore. Yeah, they don't matter. It's the same like your middle name stopped mattering once you stopped counting on your fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm three and a half. <laughs> yeah, once your THs stopped being Fs, you, uh, <laughs> you, you, that didn't matter anymore. So, Dude, I don't know, man. You know, do you think, do you think middle name, why do we have middle names? Why the fuck? Who cares? My middle name is Christian, which is like random for how ethnic my first and last name are. And part of me thinks that I should have just changed my first name to Christian to make it easy, life easier for everybody when I joined SAG. But like also changing your name is so 90s, dude. It's so corny to change your fucking name. Like yeah. Julio Cruz. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't you? I like that? Julio Cruz. Actually, I do like Julio that. Julio Cruz or uh, Nick? Uh, who? Uh, Julio Cage? You know, your name isn't confusing unless you see it spelled. Uh, well, but what about? Wouldn't you think it's Julio? Like that is the thing that always is annoying me. Is everyone thinks my name is Julio, and they yeah, they correct me. If you had introduced yourself to me as Julio, which you did, I would yeah. never have. I would never have trouble with that until I, think, I saw yeah. it spelled with a G. And then all of a sudden, weirdly, oh, okay. you start thinking like, wait a minute, that's how that's, I don't know. It's a strange thing. Yeah, no, fair, fair. Uh, what's your middle name? Corson. Is that your mom's maiden name? It's my dad's. So my dad's name is George Corson Ellis. But name. he goes, but he went by Corky his whole life. Oh, that's great. Which was a nickname from his middle name. Right. And weirdly, everyone, he's never been George, ever. Right. He's always been Corson Ellis, just as his father was Corson Ellis right. and also right. went by Corky, just as his father was Corson Ellis and also went by Corky. And it was a very last minute change that I was not George Corson Ellis, Corky the fourth. I'll tell you what, man. I think that if you were Corky, it would be harder for you to have a career in what we do. It's just too goofy. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, 
Like, oh, here comes Corky. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. I think it's a little spunky, you know? I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of your family. I'm just saying, like, I think, it's, I think it's a great name, too. But I wonder if it would be, like, hard. Especially because, you know, you get shit already, dude. You get shit yeah. for, like... Yeah, but people hate me more off the bat because they find out my name is Francis. If my name were Corky, I think they would be a little bit more disarmed by that. I'm not so sure. Hmm. Well, let's see. Uh, any listeners out there... Think about what we're saying to let us know what you think. If, if Francis would be less intimidating as a Corky. Yeah. I like the, I like the name Corky, although it, it, it's just so goofy. And also, my dad is goofy, so he leans into it a bit. Seems like a good dude. He is a good dude. Um, any uh, final thoughts before we head into the weekend here? Um, nothing. Everybody, please enjoy your... Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Uh, mm. Thank you for hanging out with us, spending time. Things are starting to open up a little bit, we've noticed. So, you know, stay safe and, and try to enjoy the summer if you can. Check out our YouTube channel if you can. Uh, we have all the episodes on the YouTube, uh, full episodes with video. Um, and thank you for supporting us, guys. Hell Francis. yeah. We're Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis and he's Julio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs>